The revolution has begun. Join the revolution, the lost art with Steve Gould. For only the very best in progressive rock, every Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m., only on MMH, the home of rock radio. Progzilla Radio, making progressive rock cooler than the other side of the pillow. You're locked in. I got a bad feeling about this. There's no way, way out. MMH, the home of rock radio. Hi, this is John Young from Life Science, and you're listening to The Lost Art with Stephen Luke.
Well, hello there. Hello there, boys and girls. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to The Lost Art with me, Steve Gould, here on MMH, the home of Rock Radio and also Progzilla Radio. We have one hell of a show lined up for you lot today. We really do. Last week, if you recall, we had an interview with Francis Dunnery. I hope you enjoyed that. And this week... We have an interview with Dave Foster from Big Big Train a bit later. Mm. And next week, because we're off to see Spock's Beard on Tuesday in Bristol, I'm not sure at this moment in time who I'll be interviewing, but that will be next week's show. And I thought it was appropriate that being as the guys kicked off their latest tour of the UK on Friday, just gone, the 26th, in Milton Keynes. They're only doing around six dates, I believe. And we had a look at the list and figured that Bristol was probably the closest and the best for us. And I'm down to interview the band, someone from the band, or indeed the entire band, at 6.30pm on Tuesday. But we kicked off there with a track from Noise Floor, their latest album, their last album, which came out in May 2018. And that was To Breathe Another Day. To Breathe Another Day. Something we all aspire to when we go to bed. To Breathe Another Day. Oh. Anyway, the new stuff just keeps on coming. And two days ago, on the 26th of January, the same day that the Spock's Beard Tour kicked off, was the latest release from Australian band Caligula's Horse. It's their sixth album. It's called Charcoal Grace, and I've got a truck lined up for you now called The Storm Chaser. <laughs> Never enough you the first and last to know 
From their sixth album, Charcoal Grace, which came out literally two days ago on the 26th of January, Australian band Caligula's Horse, and that was the Storm Chaser. Good to see that band back, it really is. And if you want to catch them live, which I suggest you do, because they are superb live. They are touring the UK at the end of May. Four dates. 
Bristol, Nottingham, Manchester and London. Mm. So we continue, we proceed with the new stuff. And on the 19th of January saw the debut album from Advocacy from Denmark. The album is called The Path of Decoherence. The Path of Decoherence. And I've got a track lined up for you today called Prayer for the Reckless.
YouTube is now the second largest search engine in the world with over 3 billion searches a month. So if your band doesn't have a music video or if your business doesn't have a professional intro, then you're missing out. At InLife, we have all the skills and equipment you need to make a stunning video and stand out from the crowd. From in-house green screens and post-production effects to on-site filming with high-grade cameras and all at an affordable price. Visit inlife.co.uk and get in touch today to see how we can shape your vision. Remember, video killed the radio star. Wait, what? Inlife.co.uk Keeping your ears safe. You're welcome. M-M-H When one Mellotron just isn't enough, call in the professionals. Progzilla, proving that prog isn't just for dinosaurs. Before the break, for the very first time on The Lost Art from Denmark, advocacy of their debut album, The Path of Decoherence, which came out on January the 19th. It did. Hope you enjoyed that. Look forward to hearing more from that particular band in the future. We do. Anyway, I thought next up we'll have our Band of the Month. Because it's their last time as Band of the Month. It won't be the last time we play them. It'll definitely be their last time as the current Band of the Month. And it comes from UK. Now, I have to say that although the band only released two studio albums and a rather superb live album night after night which featured tracks not available on the studio albums i hasten to add every track on the two studio and the live albums is absolute classic it was difficult to pick what tracks to play but fortunately for the last time as band of the month we're going to play two tracks both have been requested by Pete Hooper and Mark Grokert. Hmm. And the first is Alaska. Now, obviously, this comes off their debut album. There was also a live version of it on Night After Night. There's also a live version of it on Concert Classics, which was another live album that didn't quite get the profile of the third album, Night After Night. But I've decided to stick with the studio version because it's longer. And it has a total freakout moment part way through. So it can't be bad. And then we're following that with Nothing to Lose off the live album Night After Night. So a double bubble from this rather wonderful band to finish off their time, their session as Band of the Month. She's UK.
such a shame that band never went on to release a third studio album. I mean, a rather magnificent third album by way of Night After Night. And they did reform in 2013 for some Japanese dates. The whole thing was recorded. They did the whole of the first two albums live. It's called Curtain Call. And it was recorded in 2013. It came out in 2015 purely as a Japanese import. Hellishly expensive. Well, I've just looked it up and it was remastered in 2023, believe it or not. And if you look it up on eBay, you can pick it up on American import for, I believe, around £25. I shall be ordering that very soon. I did not realise that it had been remastered. Like I say, it was only remastered last year, but definitely worth checking out. With drums provided by none other than Marco Miniman. Mm, definitely be checking that out. But I hope, in the meantime, that you've enjoyed their time as Band of the Month. There'll be a whole new Band of the Month next week. But for now, let's proceed. Let's continue with the new stuff. And as I said earlier because we had to cover 2023 in great detail earlier this month we missed out with some of the releases that came out earlier in january so we're going to go back to the 5th of january for this next release and it comes from ukrainian band carfagan which is headed by the rather gifted the incredibly gifted musician anthony kalugin mm. The latest album is called Messages from Afar, Second Nature. And the track I've decided to play for you of this rather superb album is Searching for Mr. Kite.
extremely gifted and prolific musician indeed. Anthony Kalugin, a.k.a. Carfagan from Ukraine. And obviously, bearing in mind the circumstances that country's going through at this moment in time, I can only give my utmost respect to that musician for continuing to pump out incredible music. Hats off to you, my man. Absolutely superb. Searching for Mr. Kite off the latest album, Messages from Afar, Second Nature. Right, well, we might have to go a little bit into 2023 for this next track. Just a little bit. The 16th of December, to be perfectly honest. It's one that slipped through my net. And it's yet another band I've not played before, because I only recently came across them. I tell you, doing what I do, you don't realise how much music is out there. You look at what you've got in your collection and you think, wow, how have I accumulated all these CDs and vinyls over the years? And obviously now we've got the digital domain. I am bombarded with new stuff. So difficult to keep up to date with it all. Anyway, we're going over to Germany for the band Neronia. N-E-R-O-N-I-A. They've actually been around for over 20 years, I'm embarrassed to say. Mm. Anyway, off their latest album, Phoenix, which came out on the 16th of December. This is Broken Vision.
taken from their latest album Phoenix German band Neronia and that was Broken Vision hope you enjoyed that the very first time on the show and I think based on what I've heard so far definitely not the last oh yes anyway to take us to the end of this part of the show we have a track from the Bardic Depths a UK prog project featuring the likes of Gareth Cole on guitars, Pete Jones on vocals, Robin Armstrong from Cosmograph and others. Mm, I have played them before, but on March the 7th, they have a brand new album on the way called What We Really Like in Stories. And I've got the title track for you today just to give you a bit of a teaser <laughs> because after the break our lady will be joining us with her brand new alter ego yet to be revealed she's currently in the phone box getting changed and i'll catch you lovely lot on the other side <laughs> Try and write some for 
Those ones over there? Yes, those ones. Well, what should we do about them? Should we follow them? Follow the dead? Yes, follow the dead. Every Friday, 10pm UK time on mmhradio.co.uk. See what new tunes might be shaking loose. Tune in 6pm to 8pm GMT for Pedal to the Metal with Mark Parker bringing you his lucky dip bag of rock to MMH. You never know what you're going to get. Only on MMH, the home of rock radio. This is the UK's progressive rock station, Crogzilla Radio. Would you care for another schnitzengruben? No, thank you. 15 is my limit on schnitzengruben. Enough to make commercial radio turn to drink. MMH, the home of rock radio. This is Riz Story from Anyone. You're listening to The Lost Art with Steve and Lou. Okay, people. Okay, welcome back. Before the break, we finished with the Bardic Depths of their forthcoming album. Due out on March the 7th. It's called What? We really like in stories. And that was the title track. And I've got no doubt whatsoever that you recognise the vocals. Say no more. But in the meantime, hope you enjoyed that. Because we're now in the middle part. And our lady has joined us. And this week... I am Psychedelic 
Susie, apparently. Oh, you are. <laughs> you are. I've seen your new outfit. I, uh... <laughs> I've watched you get changed in the telephone box. Oh, yes. Will you be pleased to know I'm not really raucous this week? Definitely not. No, I... I toned down a bit since last week. Yeah, I think you basically overindulged a little last week. Oh, I did enjoy listening back to You do realise now, half our listeners have got tinnitus. (laughs) Right, I'm kicking off with the mystical hot chocolate endeavours. They're a Boston-based band and their class is Alternative Prog. They've only got two albums... And their first one came out in 2018. The album is called A Humanistic Perspective. The track is The Great Menial Divide.
Now, I know you tend to lean toward the raucous rather than the psychedelic. So I was quite pleased, in a way, that you'd adopted this new persona this week, Psychedelic Susie. Mm, it evolved, this mm, playlist. But the first track was maybe not so psychedelic. Are you having us on? Ah. Are you trying to fool us into thinking that you're not really raucous, Rita? But you are! A little bit. Does it get better from now on? Does it get more psychedelic and yes. far out, Well, man? not maybe the next one, but it does after the next one. The next one comes from Porcupine Tree, and this is off their 1997 release, Comedy Fine, which was a live album. It's been re-released on vinyl three vinyls and the track i'm playing is signify no doubt you've got this on order oh yes
Follow us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Want airplay? Want your album reviewed? Get in touch. Just search MMH, the home of rock radio. Hello, good morning, good evening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Radio Proxilla, which is being dishing you up red hot progressive stuff and it's 24 7. For the break, what can I say? The live version of Signify off the album Coma Divine, recently remastered and re released on three vinyls, with one bonus track not available on the original release. Oh, definitely worth a purchase. And if you haven't already bought it, seen it, played it, heard it, get the new Closure Continuation live. It is amazing. And I think Lou's listened to it about 93,000 times, haven't you already? Yes, I have. Oh, it's on constant repeat in the car. Love it. <laughs> love it, love it. She knows it. the songs better than the band she does. <laughs> Anyway, I'll gather that from now on... We're going more psychedelic. We're definitely going more psychedelic, man. Right, we're kicking off with Osric Tentacles. Oh, well. Off Spirals in Hyperspace, which came out in 2004. And this is Chewier Eat Static Remix. Oh, 
Now I do need to add a footnote to your preface on that particular track there. Okay. Because it was a track on the original version of Spirals in Hyperspace, Chewier. It's the first track on the album. That particular version is three minutes longer. And it came out in 2007. So there you go. It's not on the original album, that version. But mm. still absolutely superb. Nonetheless, good choice. What are you going to follow it up with? Steve Hillage. Oh, well. <laughs> they go together, don't, <laughs> don't they? Don't they just? Only Edwin's biggest influence. Uh, this is Motivation Radio, the Salmon Song, and it's a Power Trio backing track which was digitally remastered in 2006. The album actually came out in 
Right, next up is Tangerine Dream off their 2017 release, Quantum Gate. The track I'm playing is Sensing Elements. And I bought this at the gig at Coventry Cathedral on vinyl for £20. Bargain. Bargain. 
I must admit that album is a total return to form since the death of Edgar Fraser. Absolutely superb. I prefer that to the latest one, Rome. And having been a fan of Tangerine Dream since Phaedra, which is going back a while, I did go off the band for a while when they started to bring in vocalists and all that malarkey. I couldn't even tell you one phase of the band. I couldn't even tell you what the albums are. I've never listened to them. But for me, their best period was the Virgin Years. Absolutely magnificent. But Quantum Gate, total return to form. Superb. Good choice, love. Yes, it's a shame you've got a box set that you haven't opened yet since <laughs> so i've only had for like two years two years i'd like, like to keep it in pristine condition oh. well now that you're well and truly into the third hour with three more tracks what have you got lined up for us next love Jimi hendrix we haven't had a Jimi hendrix track for some time this is off both sides of the sky it was released in 2018 the track is Hear My Train Coming. Hear My Train Coming. Hear My Train Coming.
being pedantic which actually hear my train are coming okay <laughs> I stand corrected the mighty Hendrix the greatest guitarist that's ever lived oh yes anyway two more tracks yeah two well more tracks down. on to another great guitarist another legend Frank Zappa and this is off Joe's Garage it came out in 1979. I managed to get Act 2 and 3, didn't I? Yep. For £10 on vinyl. You did. And it's in good condition. The, I just... only, the only downside is Act 1's £593. <laughs> I'm trying to find <laughs> Act 1. You think you've got a bargain. Keep it greasy. Never find one no more Keep 
behind All you gotta do is squeeze it down and everything is fine Keep it greasy so it'll go down easy Keep it greasy so it'll go down easy Get herself some rump release Any kind of lube will do Maybe from another part of you From the north From the south Take a little slob From the side of your mouth Roll it over Here come that crazy screaming sowing
Frank Zappa, absolute legend of Joe's Garage. Keep it greasy. And she didn't realise when she was picking this playlist that her next track comes off Greasy Trucker's Party. It does, and the I never... Link. I know, I never, never realised. You never tweaked. Now, I had this on vinyl when it first came out back in the day. 1972. Yeah, be, it was a precise. double album. And I think it was something like pound fifty, And it featured Man, Brinsley Swartz, this guy called Magic Michael, some weirdo. And uh, it finished with Hawkwind. And what made me laugh, it was recorded at the Roundhouse. And they had problems with the power. And there's actually a track on the original vinyl called Power Cut. <laughs> <laughs> and it's three minutes of silence. <laughs> but I actually bought it. I mean, I sold it along with all my other vinyls years ago. Don't go there. But I did manage to get it again on CD. They released it on CD. It's on three CDs. And it's the full everything. Everything's on there. All the tracks, everything. Because obviously the vinyl was cut down. And I picked it up for some ridiculous amount of money, like nine ninety nine, brand new off Amazon. You have a look now, it's up to like sixty, seventy pounds. It is, I had a look. It's an absolute classic. Well, this is finishing with Hawkwind. And the track is born to go. And I'm now going. Have you enjoyed my playlist? I hope so. Yeah, man. Totally groovy. <laughs> totally. Enjoy the rest of the show and I'll catch you next time. Bye! Not that there's much left.
Join me, DJ Moshi, every Friday between the hours of 8pm and 10pm UK time for the Friday Rock Show, where I'll be playing you classic to current, all the dance floor fillers and ballroom killers. Just imagine your old school rock and metal disco, where you walk in and bang your head straight away to the great tracks. Go on, Mr. Johnson, what we here for? For those about to rock, we say Tune in to Losing It with Luscious. That's me, Jesse Luscious, spinning the best of punk rock and oh, so much more. Every Monday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Only on MMH, the home of rock radio. Live, live reviews every week. Let me see your hands if you're having a good time. At mmhradio.co.uk This season, I'll be mostly wearing... Navy blue court shoes. <laughs> progressive music from your progressive rock station, Progzilla. Okay, folks, before the break, we finished our session with Psychedelic Susie with some classic Hawkwind off the rather marvellous Greasy Truckers Party album. And if you've never checked that out, you do need to. Whether you get it on vinyl or CD, Preferably CD, because you get more. You don't get the power cut track. <laughs> but you do get more music. So, if you're prepared to spend £60-£70 for the CD version, or hunt it down, definitely worth checking out. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed a freak-out moment in Psychedelic Session with Psychedelic Susie. Oh, yes. Anyway, you'll be familiar with the fact... At the start of the show, I mentioned we have an interview lined up for you lot. It's with Dave Foster from Big Big Train. I interviewed him over Zoom on Tuesday night. And I've got that interview for you now, at this very moment in time. So sit back, make yourself a brew, and check out what he's got to say about the new album, joining the band, and many other things. I'll hand you over now. This is Dave Foster. Hi, guys. How are we all doing today? I have the esteemed pleasure of speaking with Dave Foster from Big Big Train today. How are you doing, Dave? I'm all right, thank you. Good to speak to you. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. <laughs> and it is busy at the moment as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine with the, uh, obviously, with the new album due out soon. And obviously with the two yeah, yeah. who are lined up. Uh, I was sent the new album by your PR uh, about a week and a half ago. Listened to it several times. Absolutely blown away. Good, good. It's a great album. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be on it, to be honest. Yeah. I have, I have to be honest. I think it's a vast improvement over Welcome to the Planet. Um, well, it's just different, I think. I think it's strange, really, because... Obviously, I've I I appeared in Big Big Train much later on. There was history with Big Big Train anyway, and when I started, when I because I, I kind of joined the band on Common Ground, and then Welcome to the Planet happened. I wouldn't say it was an accident, but it happened alongside Common Ground, if you like. Um, and I think we were still finding our feet after the lineup changes, maybe. And it's just a different sound. I think there's some great songs on both the albums on Common Ground and Welcome to the Planet. Yeah. I just think that this one, I think it's got a universal sound to this one. I think that's probably true to say. 
I've, I noticed there's a, a more fuller sound on the vocals. Is there? I mean, I might be wrong because obviously I, I wasn't involved in producing the album. Is there uh, a lot of collaboration between Nick and Alberto? Um, yeah, well, I think it's between all the singers. I'm me and Greg are the only ones in the band who can't sing. Um, <laughs> and, and and trust me, he's a better singer than me as well. Um, but uh, I think there's a collaboration. I think they all kind of take ownership a little bit at times. I think it's quite often led by Alberto and and NDV. Well, Oscar also chips in with ideas, and 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 obviously Greg does as well. He he knows what he wants, and Claire does. So yeah, there's and and Rickard's a great singer. Rickard, well, he can do everything. Rickard, so he um, he does chip in. I've seen the dynamic of it, but interestingly for me, when they uh, when we did the shows, when I did the shows with them, um, when we did those three gigs together, is that I wasn't in the room when they practiced the vocals because I, I needed I needn't be there. So there's a lot of the vocal things that happened uh, without me being there. So I don't know a lot of it, but yeah, like I say, I think it's um. It's a it's a large kind of a committee, if you like, but I think sometimes somebody has to take the lead. Uh, I know Greg's historically been the main songwriter, as Alberto played more of a role in the new album. Um, yeah, well, it, 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 yes, is the answer. Um, Greg is always the um, the station master, if you like, but I think he, he likes to be. One thing that I've noticed with Greg, he likes to have people around him that he can trust. You know, so we, you can run with their ideas. You, you know, the, 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 there are some musicians I've worked with historically in the past, a long time ago, where you, you kind of leave them with an idea and they come back with something that, and it's completely different to what you anticipated. So with this, I think we all have an understanding of what the shape and the sound and the feel of things should be. So, and with Alberto, I think Greg has now, it's, it's um, he he needs to have that same relationship, I think, with Alberto that he had with David in the musical sense. Obviously, personally, it's different because there are different relationships, but I think musically, Greg needs someone to be like that. And Alberto has been brilliant since he's since he joined the band. He's been really, really proactive. He's been really inspired and really inspiring as well. Yeah. When, obviously, the tragedy happened with David, which totally, obviously, wiped us all out at the time, was there ever a, a moment when the band thought we can't carry on? Um, I don't fully... Maybe. Yeah, there was maybe. But again, I, you know, even though I'm in the band, there were still other... The, 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 the core, if you like, of the band. And I think it was up to them at the time to decide because I'd only been in the band for about a year and a half or something, or a year, two years, something. And I did get the feeling that was the case. Um, but it will do because... It's you know the, the whole thing that 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 the whole um, machine ground to a halt and you don't know what's going to happen and it, it was I miss David he was a really good bloke he was a really good guy and in the short time that I knew him I'd really connected with David we 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 you know we wrote Made from Sunshine together and we'd started work on Oblivion what became Oblivion but David I never heard David's ideas of what he came up with on Oblivion because he left us then so. Mm. Yeah. Well, was it difficult finding a replacement? Because obviously he was such a unique talent. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's it's that thing. Uh, if you 
Like back in the day, I know it was weird with Genesis because you had Phil Collins, but you couldn't replace Peter Gabriel, and you can't you can't really re- you know they have done with Phil Collins, but it's not Peter Gabriel. It's the same with any of these bands. If you take Bono out of U two, yeah, it's not going to be U two. They'll have another singer, but it's not going to be U two. So, but I think what what's interesting is the identity of the band has stayed the same. Um, and Alberto, we've moved slightly in a different direction, I think, musically from my point of view. Um, and Alberto's, yeah, yeah, and he's taking it with him. So, yeah. Mm, how many people did you audition? If you don't mind me asking, I wasn't part of the process. Okay, I um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't involved in any of that. That was that, that was that was upper management. Because <laughs> <laughs> I suppose initially, what you're looking for is a, a direct replacement. Almost like you know to to take his place, which was never going to happen. Um, no, not necessarily. No, I I, I think because um, you can't replace people because they they are who they are. Um, you you can't you can you can you can put somebody else in that space that they should be in the band. But everybody brings their own thing. David was completely unique, and Alberto's completely unique. So I, I think the band have been lucky in the fact that they found Alberto because finding anyone as capable as Alberto is a, a, a challenge. Um, and he's a lovely guy as well. And, and the, But the thing is with David, like like everybody knows, he was, he was a lovely guy as well, and he had his own identity and his own creativity. So you can't – it would be wrong, I think, to try and find somebody to be somebody else. I think mm-hmm. it, it it's it's like it's like giving somebody else access to your wardrobe and, and you know, yeah. make – you know what I mean? It's it's just a bit weird. So I think that's what I think. Really, truth be told, is you, you, I I wasn't like I say I wasn't part of the process. But I know if I was, I'd want somebody who could do something but wasn't trying to be somebody else. Yeah, because I suppose there is that. I suppose there's that you could fall into that trap of trying to find somebody to do a direct replacement, which I think was the problem. With, as you mentioned with Genesis back in the day, you know when Peter Gabriel left because he was such an enigmatic frontman. Um, to yeah. try and find somebody to replace him, re- you know, not realizing that actually got the replacement there in the band, you know. But they- it was crackers that wasn't it, when you think about it. Yeah, when, yeah. when you th- you know, it's like kind of how easy did Genesis have it that they only had to look in within their own boardroom to find the new singer. So yeah, it was an interesting one that. Well, he'd actually sung on a couple of tracks, only a couple of you know, more fool me. Um, yeah. Um, uh, that one on uh, Nursery Cry uh, for Absent Friends, you know, he, he yeah, all, yeah, yeah, he already sung lead vocals on a couple of tracks, so I suppose the writing was on the wall, really. Well, there's that story, I don't know how true it is, about when they were doing Trick of the Tail, and and um, and uh, Tony Banks had all these pieces of music, and and when they were auditioning people, they didn't stand up to how good Phil Collins's vocals were on the demos that they recorded, so which is which you can believe because. But aren't many singers as good as Phil Collins in his day? No, no. Did you did you follow them from when? When did you get into the band? Uh in, into Genesis. Yeah, I'm I'm an interesting one, really. I'm 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 a real peculiarity in all of this because I got into <laughs> pro- <laughs> I got into prog through all the really weird channels. So I I I um. Because my background was, I didn't have a lot of music when I was very young. There wasn't wasn't a lot of music in my in my home life and family life. So, and it was only when a friend of mine 
um, gave me a copy of, he loaned me a copy of the GTR album. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. remember GTR. Yeah, Steve Owen, Steve um, Owen. Yeah. yeah, and what was cool about it was you got to pull out, you know, do you remember them Family Trees? I can't remember the guy's name now, but there was a guy who wrote, wrote all of Family Trees. And I followed that through. I loved the GTR album, which unfortunately hasn't stood the test of time. <laughs> um, yeah, but it meant I could follow through and, and find all these bands. So I remember, I think a day after getting this, I went and bought 90125. And I got I got into these bands backwards. Okay. So I found them. So like, I can't remember what the Genesis album was at the time when, when, I think it was Genesis Genesis, was it? It probably would have been. Probably. Yeah, I think it was that. So I worked my way back with both bands. So I found Yes, found Genesis, found King Crimson, found Zappa, and worked my way back on back all the albums. weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So it was really strange because um, some of the bands, obviously there was the, the, the really kind of rich, fertile period for some of these bands. But going them back to front was a real eye-opener. It was great because I went from... I went from uh, topographic oceans, and then also you find yourself going through that 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 period all the way back to the Yes album, and they were like the best band in the universe. And it was like when I found Trick of the Tail and worked my way back from that. You know, they were some of the best music I'd ever heard in my life at the time. It must have been a hell of a, a discovery, you know, when you you started to go backwards. It was amazing, and it was, and it, also as well, there was a ready-made treasure trove of music. So all I had to do was to consult this. <laughs> musical Magna Carta and say, I I've never heard of these. Who are UK? Right, let's follow this. Let's listen to the UK album. Or, you know, you could follow any any pathway through. I remember I found bands like Coliseum and Brand X and all that lot. And it was all because of this one family tree. So that that's how I got into it all. And did it totally and utterly change your view on music at the time? Uh, yeah, but I never because I was always a big at the time. I was also a big Van Halen fan and a massive Led Zeppelin fan. Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, so being a guitar player, it, it, Van Halen was never going to escape me. Uh, you know, I, I I adored Van Halen, um, but I managed to keep both of them. That there was there was a sense in what was interesting actually. Somebody once said to me that the reason why I connected so much with Nine Hundred One Two Five was because of Trevor Rabin's guitar playing because he wasn't. Didn't sound like Eddie Van Halen, but he was as much at the front as possible, and I think that's what it was. I think that's what grabbed all of me initially. Um, but then, obviously, when you travel your way back, and I started to discover Steve Howe, I started to discover Steve Hackett, Robert Fripp. Um, yeah, it did change. It changed. It ultimately, it it changed the way I looked at music, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't deviate too much from what I was already listening to. I'm a bit of a metalhead as well, you see. <laughs> <laughs> you bring all these influences to the band. Well, it's I suppose it's what makes bands interesting. I think um, it's like you want to try and spread it out as thinly as possible because, uh, with in terms of your influences, because if you just get, say, you get a band who want to be a progressive rock band, and all they listen to is four albums by Genesis they're going to sound like one of those four albums by Genesis. Yeah, yeah. So I think the very fact that I can bring elements of like Tool or Massive Attack or whatever my approach is to music, I, I try and bring that with me, um, as well as all the prog influences as well, you see. Yeah. Can you want to tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Big Big Train initially? Yeah. Um, how did it start? 
I did they come um, to you or did you approach them? No, what it was was the Dave Foster band just before COVID. Um, the Dave Foster band did three shows. Um, we did London, Birmingham, and Manchester. And uh, Nick Shilton, who I've known for years, who's the band's manager, um, uh, came down to watch the gig. And also, he told me that Greg Sporton was in the audience as well. Um, And apparently, at the time, um, they knew that they would need to source a new guitar player. Um, And then they got in contact. I think it was... um, I was invited to audition. I did a video audition. I did, I, I can't remember what I did. I think I did Folklore and Wassail on a video demo. It's probably on my hard drive somewhere, actually. I might dig that out. Um, oh, and yeah, and that, it was all during COVID. It was all during COVID. So it was really unfortunate, the fact that I'd auditioned for a band over a screen and then everything was done with emails or Zoom meetings and stuff. So it, it was only when we then met at Real World where there's that video footage of me Greg, David, and Carly. That was the first time we actually met. In fact, that video that you see of us playing Common Ground, I think I've been in the room about an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, you walk straight into it and boom, right, we're recording and it's being filmed. Oh, okay. And it's an acoustic version of the song, you know, so. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No looking back now. Well, it, it's been a, it was it's been a, a lovely experience to be honest with you, and it, it was it's nice when it was lovely when kind of everything relaxed with COVID, and then we could all get to kind of be around each other because it's it's everyone's you know they're all such lovely people in the band. It's easy to be around everybody, um, and it was interesting when we recorded in Trieste because there isn't a certain. Sometimes within bands, particularly big bands, you end up with factions. But there aren't any in this. You, so whoever was whoever was at breakfast was that's who you're having breakfast with at the time. You know that kind of thing. So it's it's nice like that. The Rothery band's the same. You know everybody gets on in the Rothery band as well. It, it makes the whole thing a miles more joyous experience. Yeah, because uh, I think from where I where I remember where I read is that you're not playing on any of the foreign dates. Is that right? I'm not playing. Well, yeah. Um, uh, I'm not playing on the. Canada. I'm not playing on the the uh, the US dates or any of that. Uh, I don't know what nobody. I don't think anybody knows yet what happens after it because uh, no one spoke about it. But I don't know where we're at. That's that's the honest answer. So, but see, I I don't I don't um, I understand the whole purpose because it's a really big band. It's a really big machine to travel around with, yeah. and the costs will be huge. So it's not like if you're the police, you know, you can go out with the three of you. You can go out with Sting and Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland and then probably a road manager and that's it. But with this band, there's like this, there's this, there's this kind of like this army of people that, yeah, that, that yeah, travel. Yeah. So you can only fit everybody in. So unfortunately, I was the one that had to relinquish his place, but it, <laughs> it is what it is. Who have they got to take your place in America? I don't think they have. I think they're going to, because Rickard, Rickard's an amazing guitar player. You know, he, he everybody sees Rickard as being this guy who plays both a bit of keyboards and a bit of guitar, but he's an astonishing keyboard player and an astonishing guitar player. So they've already got someone on there who's, who's amazing. So I think it'll be Rickard, and, and I have a feeling that um, Alberto, who can play as well, he's a good player. He might play a bit. And Claire plays guitar as well. So I, I, I understand 
how they'll shuffle that around. Excellent, excellent. Well, at least you'll be around for the uh, UK dates. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens because you know, being a musician, because I I am a I'm a really busy musician, as is, as is the band. So we have to make sure that all the calendars work. It's one of the things that's fascinating when you're in a band because there's so many things involved in just putting us in a room. Do you understand? What, you know, it's not just you know. I'd love to be able to say, yeah, we can just do a gig here and do a gig, here. and everything. There's so much cost involved, and you've got to get so many people around. So we'll see how it pans out. Do you think this is because, because uh, I mean, the band's been around since the early 90s, but it, I don't think it was until 2019 that they actually put in place a full nationwide tour. Correct. Was it purely because of logistics and cost that, that it took them to that point where they they had to get to that point where they could do it financially? Yeah, yeah, it's cost is it, at the moment it's so oppressively difficult because everything's you know you only, you only have to even now with fuel being as cheap as it is you only have to put fuel in your own car and realize how hard it is. Mm. So when you're when you're traveling around with people, putting people in hotels, you've got to pay for the the, the venues. Quite often there's, there's some kind of levy on your merch sales um, in the venue, and it, it it's it's not it's. It's nowhere near as simple as perhaps it was once. It's a lot more difficult now. So, yes, I think with something as big as Big Big Train, because you only have to look at the stage, there's there's there's, there's a full football team on stage. Yeah. Um, so so you've got to – and on top of that, you've got all the crew and you've got the drivers and blah, blah, blah. So it, it's, a, it's a big experience. So, yes, I would suspect that that is the reason they've only really just started to do the live thing. Yeah, because they were, I think they were due to play at uh, Rambling Man a few years ago, and I think that got cancelled because of COVID. Yeah, it was. It, I, well, COVID was horrendous. I, honestly, it's left a real, it's left a real kind of canyon of a mark. COVID in the whole music industry, because unfortunately, what happened? We lost a lot of. If there's there's quite a lot of guys who were involved in crew or involved in front of house, you know, sound or lights, and if they were the wrong side of if you're like 70 if you like they decided that i'm not going to carry on doing this and i'm going to put my feet up which then meant all that incredible wealth of experience and knowledge just left mm. so so not only is it expensive to put it but it's, it's even now just getting crew getting all of a guitar tech and things like that so how yeah. did you, how did covid affect you personally did you how did you cope at the time well it was it, it was a challenge because most of us like i teach um, when I'm not when I'm not working when I'm not touring, I actually teach. So it was dead weird trying to teach over Zoom because it, it logistically it's different. You can't you can't reach over and say no, move move that finger. And in some <laughs> cases you can't always see him, you know. So yeah, it was hard. It financially it was difficult. Um, but I've got to be honest, and I think I speak the same as everybody else. The first six months were amazing. Because it was just, you know, we sit outside fresher. I remember, I remember the very first thing that we did. I remember speaking to my wife, Claire, and said, listen, we're going to have to get some supplies. And the first thing we ordered was nine bottles of very good red wine and a load of gin. And that was the first. <laughs> Not toilet roll. That was the... Not toilet roll. We couldn't get hold of it, yeah. But the food, the food came last. The food was the last thing we thought about, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like what you say, Dave. It's just 
devastated so many areas of the country and the world, really, and particularly the entertainment industry. I mean, we had uh, our festival organised for March 2020, which it took 13 months on right. it, and I had to cancel that less than a week to go. Yeah, it, honestly, it was... I even had the lineup for 2021 sorted as well, and I had to cancel that. It's heartbreaking, honestly. I feel sorry for you. It's, um, you know, obviously I know the guys out Marillion and and they were trying to work out what was the best thing they could do if they were going on tour. I thought that was amazing what they did, actually, with the... Um, I don't know whether you heard about it, but Marillion did this thing called the Lightsavers. And it was because you couldn't get insurance for the tour, they basically crowdfunded the insurance for the tour. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I thought it was absolutely the, the brilliance of that. And the more I think about it, it was a really clever idea, though. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't get to see the band. Well, they they originally came up with crowdfunding, you know, the, the, the tour, didn't they? And the albums. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. They are groundbreakers in all of this. It's interesting when I talk to people who aren't from the industry and they'll say what it is I do. You mentioned Marillion, and I will always say at some point they were responsible for crowdfunding. And they look at you and go, what, Marillion? And it's like, yeah, they invented crowdfunding. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's a cool thing to say, that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you say it was you know, a financial uh, challenge at the time. Did you ever consider looking at doing something else? Uh, no, I can't do anything else. I was a good football player, but I'm 53 now. <laughs> <laughs> you look good on it. <laughs> um, no, I couldn't. I couldn't, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It would have, as a musician, you're an artist, aren't you? So the idea of of backing in your art to go work in somewhere that you didn't want to go, um, I just couldn't do it. So it was a case of, look, I'm going to have to make this work. As it was... I, there was a great line from Chris Whitty on one of them, you know, where you had the Boris Johnson and, and all that lot behind him. And Chris Whitty said, and looked at the camera and said, science will sort this out. And he, and you know what? I looked at him and thought, you're right, you. So I trusted him implicitly and they did get us out. Chris, I, 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 it's Chris Whitty I'm thanking for that. <laughs> <laughs> did you manage to come through it all unscathed yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've obviously gone on and, and had the adventure into COVID a couple of times, but um, yeah, you come out the other side and, and we're all here. So um, yeah, yeah, we made it. Yeah, excellent. I think basically the industry's starting to come back to normal now in many respects. Yeah, to a point. Yeah, it's starting to level off now. Um, I think, and you, you're starting to, I've, I've started to notice it, it's what really broke my heart was really being in cities and then finding out that the venues were empty mm. and that it just, it said everything that you, you had like the Manchester Academy, that there was nobody in band of the wall. There was nobody in it. You go look at Liverpool, some of the bigger venues and there was nobody in. And um, it's nice now to see that you see posters and it's literally one day after another. We're back to that now. So that's good. Excellent. Excellent. David, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very Likewise. much. Thank you very much for your time. I've got no doubt that the new album's going to go down an absolute storm. I actually said well, in a post on Facebook last week, I suggest that this could well be album of the year for some people. Well, I hope it is. It's we're very proud of it. It was it was so much fun to record it. Um, the, that that session in Trieste, I, I think the rest of the band will agree, it was one of the best 
musical experiences you can have like that. And uh, it was so, everyone was in a good place and it was dead happy and relaxed. And and it comes across in the album. You can hear it. There's, there's a vibe to the album that's really cool. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, well, I've got now, I've got it myself. My wife's got it ordered on vinyl when it comes out. And uh, I imagine quite a few of the passengers have as well. So uh, we look forward yeah, to yeah. its final release on March the 1st, I gather. Yeah, yeah. So it, I, I'm really looking forward to it. One of the things that, that you, um, as an artist, that I, well, I, I look forward to so much is that first day when you can see immediately the feedback on. So this is the beauty of social media. So, yeah, you can see that the the thing that you've done, has it worked? You know, so when we released the single, so when Oblivion came out and when Miramari came out, you can see immediately that people were liking it. And it's so it's so important to the artist because you kind of go, yeah, we got it right. Yeah. You know, it, so it's it's nice that. Yeah, I, I found it quite amusing with Miramari that... Uh... The single edit is eight minutes fifty. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not the. Um, yeah, it's not the quickest single in the world, is it? it it's. Um, I, I can't remember what. Oh, I know what they cut off. It. Yeah, I was thinking about it then. Yeah, so it's worth it. What's really interesting is when it starts in the album. If you just play it, you'll go. Oh, what's this? And then you go. Ah, no, what ah. this is. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Excellent, excellent. Thanks again for your time, Dave. I wish you all the best. You're very welcome. Look after yourself. Well, I hope you enjoyed our little chatty pairs there. I'm sorry if I sounded like I was sitting on the toilet. I can assure you I wasn't. I think the problem was it was picking up my mic on the webcam rather than the one I use for doing the show. So I will look into that. But the main thing is Dave came across absolutely fine. And to be honest, he was the most important part of that conversation. So I hope you found it educational and informative. Definitely. And we have an interview lined up with Spocks on Tuesday night, which will be going on next week's show. Three weeks, three interviews. Can't be bad. Anyway, we're going to finish. We're going to play out with a track from the new Final Coil album. It's called The World We Inherited, and it came out on the 16th of January. We had these guys at Fusion 2 in 2019. Wonderful, wonderful people. Anyway, we're going to play out with a track off the album called Out of Sorts, and we'll catch up with you lot next week, same time, same channel. (laughs) 